This is the Biz of Wealth. Challenges, rumblings, and evolution of the wealth management industry. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Business of Wealth. Today, I'm here with Veronica Maldonado. She is a family business advisor and head of coaching for Generation 6, which is an advisory firm that works on family organizations continuity. And also, she's the board chair of her family enterprise. Veronica, welcome to the Business of Wealth. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for being here. So I always like to open up with, you know, the best light on yourself. What is the best compliment you have ever received? The best compliment that I have ever received, uh, that I deal with difficult personalities with a plum, with, with a sobriety, that I deal with them and that I, uh, I keep things going in the right direction, even, you know. Difficult personalities are going all over the place. We keep focus and we move forward. So I guess I'm good at hurting cats. <laughs> and at taking it on, I see. <laughs> families, I'm sure, well, you deal with families. We'll, we'll go into that a little later. But mostly, first of all, um, when you deal with families in general and when you sit down about their businesses, um, what is the one question you wish you were asked more often? That I wish I was asked more often when I sit with family businesses, with families in business. Why are family businesses so awesome? What can, what makes them great? What makes them contributory? What makes them exciting? What makes them good? The good things about family business. People have a bad rep, right? Apparently, some of them have a bad rep, but I think they're incredible motors of society. They bring people together. They allow families to deploy their values. They create values. They create better communities. They create better countries. I mean, when you think about it, when you have a group of people that love each other and care for each other, come together to create something, it usually should be pretty, it should be pretty good. Except that, you know, we have Minor little thing called emotions, <laughs> family dynamics, challenges. So it makes it all for a very spicy and awesome mix. So what is it? That, what is it? The main challenge you always see them facing, of course, family dynamics. I imagine that would be the first one. You know, family offices. That that's the first hurdle. I'm sure they always face. Uh, what is it? The main challenge that you always see. I think the main challenge that I always not, I mean, always a lot of the times we see with families is the difficulty in addressing the relational issues, the difficulties in really talking about those things that really um, touch your heart or might be painful or might be old patterns of the family, old hurts, uh, which then are reflected on everything. Uh, Many families want to Obviously, us being family members, you want to establish connection. And then there's the difficulties in establish that connection because of whatever um, emotional hurts, slights, feels, whatever comes in, you know, starting when you're very young with your brother or your sister or your cousins, you took my toy and you told my mother on me. Uh, you know, it's very interesting. Um, but I think that that's one of the biggest challenges 
sometimes we call those the soft issues, uh, but I think I tend to think that those are the really hard issues. Well, they're hard to solve for sure. So you are, you know, you are a, an advisory firm. You also, you know, most of a lot of your team is about finances, about business, and you work mostly on the coaching and the emotional, right? How do you integrate? How how did you make it work? Because I've seen a ton of family offices or family offices consultant or multi-family offices trying to tackle this issue. And mostly they end up with, you know, the one-on-one relationship. And, you know, if it works, it works. If, if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, if, if, I can, if I can help you with your relationship with your casting, good. If not, I'm just managing your finances. And you guys actually integrated it. So how did you make it work? So the way we do it is that we uh, have an approach. We have, a, we have a, a process where we address relational issues with relational solutions and structural issues with structural solutions. So many times families are arguing about things that it's not what they're really arguing about. So they use money. Money is a very easy vehicle to argue. But people use many times money to argue about deeper issues um, that they don't want to address. So it comes out through the money discussion. Well, you're getting more than me. Well, maybe that indicates that there is a fairness issue in the family where one sibling or one cousin might feel that the other person got more than they did. Uh, when that might be true or not true regarding that particular situation with the money issue. So usually when these discussions come up, we try to see what is really happening. What's the real family dynamic underneath? And then uh, once we can identify and work on that, then we'll address the whatever structural issue they need. So obviously when you get emotions and Money and power, like I said, it can be an earthquake. <laughs> it can be a powerful combination, either for good or for or for not so good. Uh, but if you are able to manage it and balance it and integrate, you get an incredibly powerful force because you not only have the energy of uh, money, which is an energy to do things, but you also have the energy of love, which powers you. And so when those energies come together in the hand of group of people that want to build and care, uh, it's incredibly powerful. And that's what we aim for. So how do you open up that conversation? You know, if I if I put you in front of, you know, a multifamily office leader and that has been dealing with everybody, um, with all their clients by default, How do you structure that into your business? Well, if it's multifamily, it might depend because some multifamilies, they will not necessarily address the relational issues. They will address the structural issues. So they'll manage your funds, but they won't necessarily deal with the dynamics of the family. If you have a single family office, um, depending on who that family office leader is, whether they're a family member or they're a non-family member, they might have to deal. If they're a family member, most surely they're not. They will have to deal also with the family dynamics. So um, when you get a non-family business uh, person to come and lead a single family office, the balance and the understanding that they need to have of, okay, this is a family 
family that I'm dealing with, it's not only their finances, but I'm also going to have to learn how to navigate their family dynamics and how to work with the family and the advisors. So it really depends. I, my experience has been that finding family office leaders, either within the family or outside of the family, tend to be a little bit challenging because they have to have They don't have to have, but it would be preferable if they had that ability to be able to deal with a family and at the same time be able to run a business, which is basically a family office. Right. So can you give me an example? I'm curious. Give me an example of like a great client that you had that you saw, you know, a turnaround or that, you know, a client that gave you satisfaction to work with just because of, you know, whatever well actually for whatever reason you want to choose so um oh thank you for that question i i i really appreciate it because sometimes you know we always look at as you said the difficulties but then we don't look so there's a particularly dysfunctional family that that had very caring good people that's one of the things of the families that we work with is that fundamentally they're caring and very good people these are thoughtful business leaders, thoughtful family members. Usually they have strong personalities, whether they're the founder or the second generation, because usually to build a business um, or to take over a business, you have to have a certain set of characteristics. So this particular family, very good people, hardworking people, solid values, incredibly strong personalities, um, and highly dysfunctional. You know, many times the dysfunction comes from the parents of, in the case of this family, um, the great-grandfather died when he was very young. So the great-grandmother raised the two children, the grandfather alone. Um, So they never really experienced what it was to have a father. So when they came around, but they did experience the hardships of not having a father and of having a basically a single mother. So when they, in their case, when they turned around and had their children, they raised their children to be incredibly tough, incredibly competitive. You're going to make it in this world no matter what. You're going to compete with your siblings to see who's better with the intention, ultimately, that they don't suffer how they suffered with having, you know, no money because their mother was struggling and being taken advantage by everything. So you can see where the dynamic started and how it went down. So here you have a group of siblings that absolutely really love and care for each other and just had the worst relationship. Um, And then you start working with them. These things don't happen overnight. They take time. And we started working. You start working with each of the siblings, first as a group, then individually, uh, to understand really what it was that they wanted to achieve. Not necessarily what they were saying, because many times what we say is our hurt and might not necessarily reflect our intention. Uh, so we tried to understand what was what was it that they were really trying to build? What was their intention? And since they were, like I said, highly intelligent, good people, once we started working with their family dynamics and addressing that, and at the same time, working to build with them their business, design with them um, their structures of their business, and they saw how as they made progress in their communication and their connection with their siblings, the business decisions became easier as they built more trust. The business decisions were quicker. And as they started to kind of being able to communicate 
um, in a way that they didn't explode, scream at each other and walk out the room. They were like, oh, wow, you know, we're actually a really good team. So that was an awesome success. Oh, that's that's a that's a great yeah. story. And I'm sure you went through many sessions of screaming matches in the meantime, right? <laughs> but yeah. you had to, you know, get through it, right? I, I assume that's that's the key, right? And um some some organizations set out to do that and to help com- families through that, and some don't. And think that from a business perspective, the key is to be able to differentiate that and know whether you want to do it or not, first of all, right? No. I think for me, because I also come from a family business and come, you know, when you're a family business owner or the, in my case, the daughter of family business owners, and you see these dynamics. And so, you know, these individuals, right? You know, your uncles, you know, your aunts, you know, you know them as individuals. So they would have, you know, these uh, moments together. And I was like, oh, so it's okay to be able to express these emotions and work through it. So I think that I, that's probably where my, as a, my ability, I guess, to deal with difficult people was developed, that I saw how um, you can get through it if you don't add to the drama, if you look to clarify instead of becoming part of the dynamic, if you can take a step back and be objective and see what's really going on and not get stuck in the energy of the drama, which, by the way, pulls you in <laughs> yeah I'm sure how do you make sure you don't become like I had that you know when I become very close with my clients and you know work day to day with them and you end up with their culture in a way you sometimes when you're in consulting role and in these cases it's even closer how how do you avoid that well interesting because you know what you said with your clients is absolutely true so in our firm we, uh, we actually have a process called orientation check where we talk. So when you're working very, very close to a client, sometimes you do take on their issues because you develop the strong bond. So in our firm, we have a process called orientation check where we have a senior member that meets with us and we say, this is what's going on. And if we become enmeshed with the client, it's like, no, we have to take this action or this action. So we're always keeping very focused on um, maintaining our ability to be objective and not get into the families, uh, take a role within the family, like another family member, for example. So that process process of orientation check is hugely, hugely valuable uh, and always keeps you um, focused and aligned. Uh, on your objective with your with the family so and uh, personally I mean as a family member sometimes you know you just get sucked in the next thing I know I'm like wait a minute I jumped into that soup faster than fast let me get out of here (laughs) I got with maturity you know that's really good and you mentioned you work with the next generation basically preparing them to take over the you know the the business how do you how do you prepare them what what is it that you work on for them to take on you know the leadership of the business well currently in uh, my coaching practice i am working with a brilliant young woman um she's in her mid-30s 
and who comes from, she's only daughter, family business, and who comes from a very um, wonderful and successful mother who built the business. And they have completely different styles. And so for her, the coaching is, well, how do you develop your own leadership style that is authentic, Mm -hmm. that is not necessarily the same as your parents, but is your own? And how do you prepare yourself to be able to not only have the skill sets in terms of finance and having the basics of legal contracts because you know the basics that you need to be able to run a board or manage your business or be a good steward but how do you also find your own authentic voice that you show up with your own style and so um, that's one of the persons that I think is really incredible and inspirational to see how you step up and you grow into your own into that role and uh, I'm also coaching young man also in his 30s, and he's also being prepared to take over the, the board chair role. And in his case, it's like, OK, um, how do you work? He has different challenges because he's he's incredibly forceful. And then he might go in there and just be like all doom and gloom. And we're, you know, we're sinking the Titanic. And it's like, OK, how do you? communicate what you're seeing in a way that is it that's it we're all gonna die it's over uh and still be able to transmit what it is that you have to say and for him again to find his leadership role within an organization in a way that's authentic to him but that's also uh gonna have positive effects and not have a totally depressed board where probably everybody might want to quit. But he's made incredible progress because, again, these are intelligent people, incredibly responsible, that want to take over their business and want to grow it for the benefit of others. It's really it's really inspirational. That's amazing. because And courageous. Yes. Because, you know, what you were saying about these women taking on her mother's role that that requires somebody that is really like growing into themselves and being very confident as at a young age, I imagine, right? Too, because you have to make sure that you know who you are. Oh yes. You know, away from your family, away from your mom, and way beyond them. And it's it's hard to know, even into like what they say, golden years sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so who do you think, you know, which which um, family-run businesses do you think have, what what is a key element that you look for in terms of being able to succeed um, in the transitional, uh, in the transition of, of generations and in general, you know, for because most businesses uh, do not survive generational transitions right and they say that you know by by the second by the second transition they're all they're gone so what what is the key element that you see that is common to the ones that do that do succeed well one of the things for example that we see in generation six and by the way that's why we'll call generation six it's because by the time you make it to the sixth generation you have pretty much worked out all your issues as a family. And from then on, uh, it's, you know, research shows that by then on, you're pretty stable. Uh, 
So that's why we're called generation six, so that you can get to the generation sixth generation and beyond. But one of the things that we look at is families that have that vision that they're going to either if they're first to second or second to third or third to fourth, the vision to say, okay, what do we need to do as a family so that we can transcend, so that we can build an enterprise that will continue over time? What what are those steps that we need to do? What's the action? What are those skills that we need to develop? Uh, For us, it's very important um, when you work with families that have that orientation and families that are good families, good people that want to do good things for the world or for their community, and um, and that are willing to work out their issues, whatever it is that they have, so that the next generation uh, can have a better chance of succeeding and have space for the next generation to work on whatever challenges that generation is going to have and have that mentality that each generation works out whatever issues they're faced with so that when they pass on to the next generation, they don't pass on so much of their own issues, but give the that next generation the space, the energy, the confidence for them to be able to deal with whatever challenges they're going to face, which they inevitably are going to face. And personally, what is what is your, you know, your biggest challenge, you are the board or, of your family enterprise. What is the biggest challenge you have overcome in that role? The biggest challenge I think I have overcome is, well, there's a personal one and then there's like an external one. Personal is uh, to be able to be, you know what, I can do this. I have the ability and the capability to do this. Um, fortunately, I have had really great mentors. Uh, one of my, the one of our uh, board members, uh, that's also a founder of Generation Six, Joe Astrakhan. He one day said to me, "You know, you should take over being board chair." And I was like, "No, I'm doing something else." And he was like, "Well, you should really do that." And I said, "No." And he said, "Yes." <laughs> and I went back and forth over a long period of time. He was very smart because he gave me time for me to be able to process it um, so that by the time the elections came because in our family we have uh, every we have elections every two years I was like okay I can do this because if he would have told me I don't know a month before the election I would have been like hell no (laughs) but he gave me enough time for me to be wait a minute maybe yes maybe I can do that and I am going to do that so personally for me it was I have the ability I can do this and I'm going to take on this challenge. And like I said, um, we are a South American family. I'm very fortunate that all the males in my family are incredibly supportive and they gave me the, the opportunity to do it, but it was, you know, honestly, it was all, it was all men before me. So (laughs) that's really good. You're a trailblazer. I'm the first one. Um, And so that was personally. And In the business side, it was that we are a Venezuelan family that had to leave our country because of political reasons. And we basically had to start anew. So it's getting our family, our board aligned so that we can rebuild ourselves in a new country in rules that we hadn't necessarily 
played in before or necessarily understood and be successful at it, which we did. We're good. We're doing good. I'm very happy. I have a fantastic board. I love them. Best board ever. Okay. So just a couple of rapid fire questions to, to close. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Alacrity. Alacrity. Okay. Why? Because um, I love it. First of all, I think it sounds beautiful. It's just a beautiful word. And also it's, uh, you know, having a, having a cheerful disposition of facing the challenges and the difficulties you're going to get. You know, it's like an attitude. You're like, okay, this is really tough. This is not easy, but we're going to do it. You know, so I like that cheerful, cheerful disposition. That's good. So that's my favorite, one of my favorite words. And last one, if you could build, have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Oh, what would it be and why? Huh. What would it be? I think I would say, and she died happy with joy, peace, and love in her heart. So you did your... <laughs> I think that's probably what I would want. That's your yeah. job. Not for, huh? for a billboard for the... Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very funny. No, I'm already thinking. You know, if there's gonna be a billboard about my life, I'm gonna be like, she had an awesome life. That's great. Okay, I like that. I like that. I'll take it. <laughs> I see. That's very funny. You're like, wait a minute. That's not for a billboard. <laughs> That's a tombstone. <laughs> Veronica, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for your insights. This was really, really interesting. And um, I hope to have you back soon one day. No, thank you so much. It was lovely to be here. <laughs>